See, I'm dealing with on a whole nother level. Y'all can't even fathom the level that I'm on. You're making me nervous, okay? There are cops ahead. You make it look good, but I make it look better. That's right. You spit your change up, I stack cheddar. You try to holler at her, I go get her. Take it to a hoe. Now, my fellow Americans. Oh, gosh. Welcome back. Why do I have a feeling like I'm not surprised that you started the podcast with my fellow <laughs> Americans? Like, well, it's not like I'm doing a straight up uh, Obama impersonation. Please don't. <laughs> Even though you're very good at impersonations. Let me be clear. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the whole other podcast, season two, episode two. It's been a minute. I am Jamie. And I'm Mary. And we're happy to be with you. We are. We're especially happy today. As it is the day after um, Delaware and Pennsylvania's very own Joseph R. Biden Jr. That's right. Doesn't he have a goofy middle name? Robinette. What? Robinette. I think that's what it's called. Robinette? I think that's what it is. Yeah. I use that. My dad's middle name is French. Is it? Well, no, it's not French, but it's <laughs> it's um, Rennell. Okay, yeah, I wonder. But I, I, I it's better think than what, it's better than Rabinette or whatever that is. He's a junior, so he's named after his dad. What are you saying? You're the fourth. That's true. My yeah. name is Cool. Uh, <laughs> anywho, we are so excited to be ushering in a new i won't say a new era america hasn't changed that much but uh, yeah before we get to going let's just you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> but it is a a change in regime uh and i use regime and it's yeah i was like that's uh, <laughs> uh most uh, accurate of ways possible because we are potentially moving out of a desperate or a fascist or a uh, direction this country did not need to go in mm-hmm. so we are happy to be back and i, I would say I'm, I'm in the best mental headspace that i've been in some time now agreed same uh, here and that was the reason why not to get into all the details but that was the main reason why we had to day- take a break from the podcast the, it was just really heavy stuff all yeah, the time exactly the, the pandemic hit and then right after or very shortly after George Floyd happened. Mm-hmm. And so we just had this, you know, as black Americans, for those of you that uh, are black and listening to this podcast, you probably felt some of it too. Just uh, a lot of weight on your shoulders, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of, uh, a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, because the leadership coming from the, the top down in this country was just beginning to permeate and seep into all aspects of society and it was just getting uglier and uglier and uglier and scarier and scarier and this just didn't feel like a place that i felt proud of and i didn't feel welcome in you know thankfully you know where we live specifically uh isn't uh it's pretty insulated insofar as being probably 90 percent 90 plus percent black but you know it's the safest I've ever felt in my life. Right. But just across the country, you just felt yeah. just a lot of division. We, I never felt this divided as a nation before. Yeah. And 
I'm so glad I just didn't continue to go that direction. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this weekend, our son was at your parents because we needed a little bit of a breather. So, and also, you know, the grandparents, whether it's your parents or whether it's, you know, on my side, they're always itching to see our son after a couple of weeks anyway. Like, I'll get like, a lot of text messages from your mom or my mom will like (laughs) FaceTime me more regularly than she normally would just so she could see him and not even really talk to me. And then that's when like, okay, grandparents need to see the baby. So he was down there and, um, you and I were kind of just getting our day started and, um, the news broke that he had won Pennsylvania and, um, Officially. officially, right. Um, they called it and they called the election. The Associated Press did. Saturday early. Late, like, af- late, late morning? Late morning, yeah. yeah. And um, you and I, well, I first, because I have to say that I haven't cried in a very long time. And I hadn't cried at all during the Trump presidency. I think um, I was afraid of. That's surprising to me. I have. Yeah, I know you have. Yeah, especially. But I think I think I was afraid of it not being safe to release the stress and release the fear, you know. And so now there's like a sense of finality with it, you know. And so now I feel like it's safe for me to um, let it go because I was holding on to that tension out of fear that if I did, I wouldn't be strong enough to withstand if something else happened. So, um, yeah, it looked, it looked dicey too for a second there. No, it didn't. Because, no, it did because some I mean, of the states didn't actually start counting in the mail-ins until Wednesday. Well, you have to keep in mind too, over a hundred million people mailed in their ballots. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a well, lot of mail to process. Of, because of the, it was because of the pandemic why the voting numbers were so high. Yeah, of course. Um, and, people didn't realize that. no. And so I think, um, at least like to me i just thought it was so poetic that you know he got pennsylvania as the last state and um right. yeah you like, know that was flipped. arizona georgia uh, wisconsin and pa mm-hmm. or michigan too mm-hmm. um but once he got once he was he was at what 254 or 264 264 for like days yeah for days <laughs> And, and so I was like, man, if y'all don't call this all thing, it was Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania is twenty electoral right? Yeah, so, and with my high strong self, I was like, look, I'm like we know people at the Associated Press, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, let me just go ahead and call an editor and be like, when y'all gonna do what y'all need to do? Because ain't nobody got time to be sitting up here all day refreshing this page. It seems like they were being petty. They were being Fox News to call it. That's what it seemed like. <laughs> it was low key. Like I was like, y'all are. Y'all are being really petty, but then also I think it was just like for certainty because it was like, right. we don't want to hear nothing about no nothing. We done counted every vote. We took our time. We yep. ain't going to be out here looking crazy. We did what we needed to do, period. Yep. And so it's over and I'm grateful. And um, I like Joe Biden. Um, having lived in Pennsylvania um, all of my adult life, I'm familiar with him. I've heard of his name. I know him. You saw him at an Amtrak station down I in did. Wilmington. I was going to say, he's the only president I've been close enough to like. I did with President Obama. Yeah, I saw Germantown. Yeah, so um, when um, Obama was campaigning in 2008, um, I saw him. He was maybe like a 15-minute walk from my my old apartment. Yeah, I remember that. 
and I walked down there and I saw him and I was surprised first of all of how skinny he was um and I was probably like 50 feet 60 feet from him and um did he he spoke yeah oh yeah he spoke he spoke probably say maybe 20 minutes or so yeah and um when I tell you his security detail was active then sir I tell you mm-hmm. no lies they were like this was when he was uh, this is president this is not no this was a senator oh he was you know he was campaigning for president that's what I'm saying yeah yeah he, mm-hmm, had, mm-hmm. Already, he had already been the, won the primaries though uh yeah I think yeah he, this was um yeah he had already um gotten the nomination okay, gotcha. and um I remember looking around I'm like is my homegirl Michelle here or no? Like, where's Michelle? Like, I remember like scouring the area. I'm like, is she here or no? But she wasn't. I didn't see her. But yeah, um, that was really cool. And I'm excited about, um, Kamala Harris. Um, aside from the fact that Joe Biden is, um, he is very capable of doing this. Um, I think that he understands how to govern more than I think Hillary Clinton did. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think Hillary Clinton was probably the best lawmaker and I think the one with the most international, like, levers to pull because she was Secretary of State and First Lady. However, I think that there needs to be someone present and available that understands how to govern. And um, he's been doing that for 40 years. So I am um, very comfortable and very happy with him being in the office. Um, with Kamala Harris, um, I like that. Now, for those of us that need a civics lesson, so we have the President of the United States, then we have the Speaker of the House, and then we have the Vice President. So the Vice President is the President of the Senate. So he needed to have someone that understood how to litigate, that understood how to make laws, how to pass laws, um, and also had um, credibility within the Senate. So, um, to be able to have her as the vice president, I think is um, a very, very smart. And I think it's a very intellectual move politically. So um, I'm more excited about it being a woman than it is of being a person of color. If that makes sense. I say that because um, having President Obama was the best version of a black person person in leadership that I think we'll ever probably get for a very long time so I always kind of hold people to that standard it's an impossible standard of course but um I think that I'm happy about as a woman seeing that because after what you know after what we saw what was done to Hillary um that was really hard to see that was very hard to witness as a woman so um it feels better as a woman seeing it than it is of, of a person that's black for me, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Because we, we've literally never had a woman in the vice president office, Mm-mm. much less the presidential office. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so it's we're, legit- and it, it kind of was a gamble for him. Oh, of course. Um, because there was this, just this weird, even, even amongst <clears throat> people that I feel like are not necessarily like, "Quote unquote conservative," just this, still this weird misogynistic backlash of like, oh, 
She's a woman. She's too governed by emotions, this and that. Like Men are emotional. That's why they control everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually... The I mean... Day, um, I forget. of some reporter, I think it was from The Daily Show, that went to one of those Trump rallies. And, and somebody gave him that exact response. Like, I, I can't imagine a woman being in control of, like, the, you know, the nuclear codes or whatever. She didn't even say that. Um, this was a woman that said this. Oh, Sam. It was like, weren't all, haven't all wars been started by men? Yes. <laughs> <was> like, mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You gotta, you gotta yeah. know your history. I, I, I don't think that we're any more or less susceptible to that based on gender. But what I was actually was going to make this one before you get on to your next one is mm-hmm. that, like, I, I just now realized this past week that. You know, people people joked about this, and, and I, I actually mentioned it before before Trump was elected, maybe right after Trump was elected. Uh, I read this book years ago called DMZ, and it's about a civil war that breaks out in America. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, we I remember talking about have, this. Yeah, yeah. Like, we could actually have a civil war, like people that are so because Trump represents essentially like anti-government. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to answer to any kind of government. I'm quote, I'm draining the swamp. Right, I'm changing, and, and people were like, Yeah, we need somebody from the outside. We don't, we don't want, we don't like politicians. Right, people are disillusioned with politicians because they give them empty promises. And there's just a lot of angry people in America. So I was like, we, we're, we could potentially have civil war if we get four more years of this. Mm-hmm. We're already like teaming on the cusp of it. It seems like, and then the more I thought about it, I was like wait a minute the actual even potentially scarier threat is outside nations taking over this country yep because we're so vulnerable with this lack of we're out in the wild absolutely yeah you really trust trump as the commander-in-chief with his out of control self are you kidding me what's he gonna do tweet all day and like then just threaten to you know He's gonna have no tactics, no strategy. He's gonna strong arm all the all the generals and try to give them. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> some kind of, I know more than the generals. Yeah, believe me. Or put yeah. Or put Remember he said that. Or Jared or somebody else in charge of you know the military. Uh, it would just be a disaster. I mean, Russia could absolutely just be like, yo, call up Japan, call up North Korea, whoever else you guys want to take be over China. America. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. China. Yeah, you guys. Have been getting insulted by Trump for years. You want to just go take over America? Do what you need to do. Absolutely, they could. I mean, we have a bigger and stronger military, but our leadership would absolutely be much worse. Absolutely, I would not trust that. So I, I, but I had never thought of that until this past week. I was like, yo, if he got back into the office, we would be under major, major stress of some other country. Oh my gosh! No, I would try to find like my like ancestral village in the Dominican Republic or something to be like, hey, yo, y'all need to bring me in here. Absolutely. Again, my brother know. lives there like half yeah. time of the year, so we should just like, <laughs> like, hey, what's up, Lorenzo? Literally, and again, this seems like a hyperbole, but I thought if he gets elected again, I really seriously have to think about moving. Yeah, we actually, and we just moved here a year ago. I don't want to move. I love this house. I know this is such a nice but house. I, I would not feel safe in this country, no, especially as a black person with him Mm-mm. at the helm for four more years. Because th- then I would think we really have gone. And it you went know, so quickly. Again, and, and here's the thing, too, right? Is he started the whole campaign, and the campaign slogan has been for eight years, make America great again. Mm-hmm. And that is so clearly code for make America white again. Yep. Make 
all the leaders make America masculine again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Let's get it back to the days where it was just white men running the country, making a ton of money and doing whatever they want. Like, this is not what America is supposed to be. Mm -mm. Well, I have to say that, you know, because he's evaded the, um, the repercussions of what our government can do as re- in regards to how we um, pursue things to the full extent of the law, I don't think he understands how our government works. He knows how to get around what we do, but I don't think he actually understands our government. No. no. So that's why I think that. Um, I think I mentioned to you. Uh, I don't want to cut you off, but I think I mentioned to you, like even when he, when it came to things like border patrol, mm-hmm. he would kept he would keep telling the leadership. Why don't we do this to keep immigrants out? And they kept having to tell him that's illegal. It's a war crime. Do that. <laughs> you can't just like go around shooting people in ditches. Like, what are you exactly. doing? Exactly. Like, these are all against the Geneva Convention and all sorts of other, you know, laws in place. Like, he didn't even know that. No, this he didn't. Scary. Because he doesn't read. But no, I will. No. no, but I will say. Um, I, I I actually was when we were down at your parents today. I was telling your dad that our nation has um, a history of electing our best presidents after a terrible one. Yeah. So um, in recent history, of course, with George W. Bush and then President Obama, H. W. Bush and then Bill Clinton, and I think the first time that this was actually really kind of a big deal was with uh, James Buchanan and Abraham Lincoln. So James Buchanan. Um, was a president that was for states' rights, and um, he was pro, essentially pro slavery, and he didn't want to um, conclude or succeeded or anything like that. He kind of wanted the states to make their own decisions, but that's not how we govern ourselves as a nation, right? Like, Did the, you get Polk after him. Polk after Buchanan? Yeah. No, Abraham Lincoln came after Buchanan. Lincoln yeah. Who you know did whatever he needed to do with the Emancipation Polk Proclamation. Was too. Right. Exactly. So. Um, with with Buchanan, um, that was kind of like where people were like, we need to actually make sure people understand that the government assumes the debts of the states. So if you give states their own rights and the government disagrees with it, the government can decide ultimately allow is permissible because there should be things that are against the law across our, gov- our, our entire nation mm-hmm. as opposed to what would be against the law state by state. Um, because then where's the threshold and where's the benchmark? But um, aside from having um, our AP U.S. history courses today and um, Trump being finally just out of the office, we still have another, what, 73 days to go. But, you know, we can wait four years. We can wait 73 days. Um, Ultimately, what do you think happens? Do you think he, do you think he goes to jail? Do you think Well, he- here's the thing about living in D.C., is that you hear a lot of things mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff i've heard um i've heard that ivanka and melania can't stand each other <laughs> um i heard that uh don jr is competitive with his dad and can't stand his dad um his dad does not like him. no they don't like each other um and he's a raging drug addict no, I think that he wants approval from his dad. Of course, because it's like kind of the way that Donald Jun- John Don Trump was Donald Trump is with his own father this past. You know, it's so weird though because it's like you feel like Trump maybe doesn't give his son the 
the love back because he doesn't feel like he's accomplished anything. Right. What have you really accomplished? Like everything that you've built has been on the back of somebody else too. That's a read. But yes, uh, <laughs> yes, I agree with that. But yeah, so um, I've heard that um, Jared Kushner has weekly meetings with Mitch McConnell and that they basically run the government and then tell Trump what they decided to do. Yeah. Um, among other things I've heard, but, um, I think the best thing that ever happened on the day that, um, Biden got elected was the Four Seasons <laughs> debacle. Like, you, listen, here's the deal. For those that were living under a rock, what happened was, do you want to tell it? Cause I've been kind of. No, you can tell it. Okay. So, but I just don't. I, I still am curious as to, as to before you get into that. I, I just do you do you really think he's going to end up going to jail? He's got a lot of. It depends on who our attorney general is, right? Okay. So um, there have been conversations about two people. Is that is it is it good or bad for us as a country if he goes to jail? Depends on what he is charged with. Well, I mean, he was already got impeached for what he already did, and there's probably more layers to that. Right. So an impeachment is when the quid pro quo he did. Right. So an impeachment is when you call into question the um, the president in the office of the presidency. Right. Or you can you can impeach the vice president. You can impeach the secretary of state. You can impeach anybody, the attorney general, whoever. So um, it's calling into question their legitimacy for the office or their preparedness for the office. Mm -hmm. Um, It depends on what he's charged with. Um, I've heard conversations about two people. Um, but Biden is probably about 90% done with his vetting anyway, because vetting generally takes about, um, at least three months, maybe two, mm-hmm. depending on, he's already vetted it. It's okay, it? yeah, of course he has, he already has, of course he's going to be running the show on, in 73 days, 74 mm-hmm. days. Like he, right. he has to have this already buttoned up, but, um, I've heard, um, governor Cuomo from New York. Um, and I've also heard um, Stacey Abrams, both of which I haven't like totally. I don't. I don't know. I mean, Governor Cuomo, um, of course, is the governor of New York, but I've heard that he just isn't as interested in um, elevating his level in politics. He's very comfortable kind of where he is and just kind of riding this out. Um, but then with Stacey Abrams she's a tax attorney by trade like that's the kind of law that she practices and there's a whole bunch of tax laws that um and international trade laws that have been um a problem for donald trump so he might have an issue on his hands with that um also depending on who the uh, secretary of state is i do think that state charges can be brought again but i don't know about federal charges it depends on depends on what they want to do and how much do they care? I mean, because those are taxpayer dollars. Like, right. do we care about this? You know, he's out of the office. Let the states worry about pursuing their state charges. And um, any support that we need to give them, we should be able to give them from the federal level. But, you know, at some point, we got to move on. We can't keep holding on to him. Yeah. To me, it would be kind of poetic justice, though, right? Because of all the lock her up chants. And- Low-key, you like the drama, though. <laughs> No, I just, it, you petty. It would be interesting to her to come full circle, you know. And yeah, you know, I am but he's he's old. Yeah, yeah. And again, I don't know how it reflects on just our government. That we put a, uh, I mean, we already know he's a criminal, right? But 
how does that reflect on us as a people? I mean, it already, right, right, yeah. it already reflects poorly on us for putting them in the office in the first place. But then what are, what have we learned? Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. a good point. Yeah. Well, should we should we let him get away with this? And if we do, is it is it jail? Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't want him to come out smelling like a rose on. Yeah, he's day. not. It's impossible for him to smell but, like a rose. What are you saying? No, because I know he's made a ton of money uh-huh, because uh-huh. of illegal slash shady dealings. But he's in a ton of debt, though, right? So where does it net? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But he's made a, a lot of money. Which was the point of him running in the first place? Yeah, I think he ran to Precisely, yeah. to you know, get rid of some of the debts he had. His status. Yeah, That's the absolute reason why. He ran and his brand equity and brand value. People just attached their wagon to him, and the media didn't stop covering him. And then you know, almost all that earned media he got in 2015 yeah, and 2016, he didn't pay a dime for advertising because all he had to do was just like stand in front of a podium, his, and uh, and every time he talked, they covered the beginning to the end. Yeah, and I think um, you know the media are responsible for a lot of our perception of him even the liberal media however i think that um all of it backfired really the the media and our responsibility to him and they yeah for all the making fun of trump they did on snl they let him host the show Mm -hmm. you know when he was running that's ridiculous that's out of control that's insane but yeah so um but back to what I was saying about the Four Seasons. Hold on. My last statement. <laughs> uh, because... I need to drink the rest of my wine for this. He, um, people have been... There's been rumblings for years that he was going to try to make his own television network. I heard that, yeah. After this. Do like a Trump TV type deal. I mean, if it's going to be an Infowars and he has a YouTube channel, like that's his problem. Like, No, like an actual cable TV channel. He doesn't have enough money for that. Somebody will fund it. There's there's enough people that are he feels like are his buddies that will find it. Fox doesn't even like him anymore. Yeah, they deal. No, I've I've heard and I've read that within the past like six I'm months or so. Entertainment though. Exactly. So f- I've heard over the past like six months, five months or so that Fox um was basically afraid of him, so they were just kind of placating him and giving him somewhere to vent right. um, that would give some legitimacy to the office of the president or the you know the presidency so um they were just i think they were just really trying to like offer some balance to public perception to when they go when he goes off the air don't, don't i mean there's still gonna be there's still gonna be ted cruz out there there's still gonna be those marco rubios out there they're yeah, still gonna they're not, be they're not must see tv no, they're not. And I, I think that um, the the media are a little gun-shy now of just, like, thrusting all of their attention into one person, especially because people were greedy. People wanted advertising money. People wanted all those things when he was just going to be giving a press conference or a stump speech. And now um, it has become increasingly dangerous to be able to do that. So I think that producers and networks have um given a little bit more of um i guess a thermostat to what is going too far before we had never had anything like that before the last time something like that that took so much attention and draw and drew kind of all the air out of the room was possibly sarah palin and barack obama Right when Sarah Palin was out there doing the most, and Barack Obama was like a stark contrast to that. So I think there was a storyline and narrative that the the media really tried to push forward, and you know they got 
ahead of themselves and then it got too far and then um you know it was such an indignity to have someone like secretary clinton even have to debate him and i even remember in one of the debates that she said she's like what happened to the republican party like this the best y'all got like for real like out of all the people that could have been here you have him here like is this where is that what we're doing um but yeah so i'm i'm relieved to an extent but i am thoughtful about the next um month and a half yeah my my hope is just that like i'm keeping wine available (laughs) because you know what i mean like you got to get through the week do do you think that anybody else do you think anybody else will just steal from his playbook and then just try to replicate kind of exactly what what he did and just because again i don't think that as sad as it is because i do think there should be minimum two parties mm-hmm. I, I think i think this is good to have checks and balances and different points of view i think that's good for our country but i can't see anybody i mean if you're if you're a parent that cares about you know if you're a parent that's educated and cares about you know the country it cares about people the way people treat each other yeah you i can't imagine that your kids are going to be like oh yeah donald trump that's somebody that i i want to be a republican too he's his own party based on that no but listen he's i know but he's not a republican yes but if he's not a republican and he's he's the biggest success story that republicans have no he's not he yeah yeah, i mean no he's not yeah. recently because they, he is a representation of what they were able to produce exactly. and i told you what no one else in the republican party had any any sort of uh, i told you what happened was that that they manipulated him into get on stage say crazy things do stupid things this is good for us and then we can get you on this tv because people are going to watch you and we can push our republican agenda and then he got out of control and they weren't able to (laughs) and they weren't able to bring him back in and the only person that could get through to him was mitch mcconnell and then everyone else jumped on the bandwagon out of fear i told you that's what i heard that um he he went too far and they weren't able to keep him under control because he said y'all i'm out here tap dancing for y'all doing what i need to do i'm in control now like you guys need me so i'm gonna do what i want and then it ended up and there's a lot of i've heard there's a lot of infighting i heard that republicans can't stand him half of them can barely stomach him half of them don't even want to meet with him and that's why it's the same old pickers that are meeting with him and there's some people that will speak up and some people have just been minding their business and not really saying everything that they want to say so and so answer the question though is, is anybody else going to just be like look i'm going to be like trump just say really loud obnoxious you know it, for him, i think i it, think that- for him it was thinly veiled racism for the people who are smart they knew it was blatant and obvious of course but you know is that just the <laughs> is that the strategy now just be loud and obnoxious and uh, no because i and, and speak to a specific base no so i don't i don't think that the trump you, i want i don't listen you think that's where they're going to want to go because no i don't it's not that i'm trying to answer your question so i don't think that the doofus mentality persona is going to manifest ever again <laughs> only because 
voters now have. He knows what people want to hear. I understand. Not, I mean, he's, yes. But what I'm saying is, is that voters have more information than they've ever had before. Than any other election, they have more information about Senate races, House races, um, down to the local levels. There's available. There's more information available than they've ever had before. Yes. So I think that people are wanting to have someone that's intellectual and that's smarter than Trump, but that can convey that same message. So I don't think that there are there the man the in 2024. I don't foresee anyone like trump ever coming out and saying mexicans are rapists someone's bringing over the the rapists who's doing all of that we need to build a wall um lock her up that that kind of rhetoric rhetoric is never going to happen again because people the voters are going to need someone that is intellectual because he he's not well read he's not well informed he um he doesn't really, like I said, he doesn't understand governing. He doesn't understand government. So, no, I don't think that there's ever going to be someone that is like Trump. I think that some of the tone might be the same of conservative, quote, conservative um, points of view and messaging. However, I don't think that the voters are going to allow someone as angry as Trump to ever manifest again. That's not going to happen. No, not when we have a popular vote like this with President Biden. But we still have an electoral college. You know what I mean? We, so people don't need to win the popular vote. They just got to speak to their base. Right. So the electoral college, of course, I don't think is ever going to be gone in our lifetime. Um, unfortunately. Um, but I do think that if it is um, secure... Meaning, like, the DNI, the FBI, the NSA, all those people that secure our government do their job and keep us in place. And now they're informed, right? Because we have something called the Mueller report that gave us a lot of information of what happened um, in 2016. And in great detail, I do believe that there is hyper-awareness now of things that can happen. Granted, Russia had been interfering in elections in Europe for years. This isn't the first time they've done this. So, um, they're used to invading the privacy of other nations and their sovereignty. So that's not something that is unfamiliar to them. Mm -hmm. However, it was new to us. So I don't think that voters are as naive anymore. I think that this election and 2016 was a wonderful civics lesson for a lot of people. Like, let's go back to ninth grade. Let's open the textbook and figure out how we're supposed to work as a government. Mm -hmm. And then now that they have an informed point of view, I think that the typical prototypical Republican, like a John McCain or Mitt Romney may never, ever become the nominee again. They need someone charismatic. They need someone that is sexy and fun. Charismatic, I think, is went up against. I think they were. I think they were very one of the greatest orators of all time, Obama. Right, um, because also Obama was a constitutional law professor, so he could go to toe with them every day. Yeah, but I think. Um, so who is it though? There's nobody in the party right now that like blows you away. I think that they're going to try to push Marco Rubio. That's He's what not I. Not going to cut it. He, Trump no, he he emasculated him so much. Trump emasculated him so much. However. He has the lawmaking chops and he has the, and he's conversant enough 
to be able to control the narrative and also you know he's he, anglo looking he enough out, for latinos to like him stumping for trump recently and he's like a dummy and he just and he's just trying to make himself sound like trump because he thinks that's what it takes well, because can't put him back out there we don't want no him. i this is what i think is going to happen i think that they're going to they, they need to lower the temperature right they need to bring this back down to like <laughs> that's very true. they do need to lower the temperature and i do think that marco rubio is probably going to be in the conversation for 2024 he's young enough i think he is a heck of a debater he's a heck of a lawyer he's a heck of a lawmaker and i think it would be a very interesting thing to see because i don't think joe biden is going to go for a second term i think that he what you know really they're all the republicans don't know this right who you know who it is. no i don't Your favorite quarterback Tim Tebow? Yep. I do stand a Tim Tebow though. <laughs> That's like You better bring a believe. No, man. I want to sit down and have it Bible Tim study. Tebow, it ain't, it ain't no, I want Tim Tebow to sit down and I want to have Bible study with him. I want him to be my life coach. I want him to like help me grapple yeah. with my childhood problems. Yeah, like I stand Tim Tebow. No, and if he if I ever met Tim Tebow, I would President Tebow. I would scream cry in his face. Are you kidding me? They they better better beg and cry and kick and scream and knock on his door until until he runs for office. That's their only... He should campaign for whoever if he doesn't run. I stand Tim Tebow. I have no problem saying that. I love Tim Tebow. I know. Like, what's what's wrong with Tim Tebow? He's a nice guy. As long as he doesn't hang out with Riley Cooper, we're good. I don't know if he's going to be running for office, but they, they better beg him to. Anyway, the, tell me the four seasons story. You know the four seasons story. I do, but I want to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um I can't believe this happened. Okay, so Trump wanted to have a lawyers only press conference at the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia. You and I lived in Philadelphia. We know exactly where that is. I think we've been there. We went to a wedding there, and I feel like I went to like a bachelorette party there too. Anyway, um, he wanted it there. Four Seasons was like, "You trying it? No, sir, it ain't happening." And then, instead, we know that they said no. That's what I heard. That's what I read. That he tried to do it. That they tried to do it, and they were like, "No, nah, it's not going to happen," or like, "We can't do it." It's a farce. I mean, they could do it. I'm sure they. Could. It is. However, somehow or another, Four Seasons Landscaping in the good old section of Mayfair <laughs> in uh, the northern section of Philadelphia um, ended up hosting a press conference. God, I can't even say this with a straight face. So, um, Mayfair. Do you want to give a description of Mayfair to the listeners that are not from Philadelphia? It's in the northern. There's no way to describe it without. Just you know, say it. It's the hood. It's the white hood. It's the white hood. That's what it is. It's essentially the white hood. Yeah. Um, it is uh northeastish. Yes, northeast. It's like at the base of northeast, um, in Philadelphia, and it is the OK Corral for white people. They are out here doing the most they are gully white people they have no problem with anybody at all because you don't want a problem with them and um four seasons landscaping 
hosted a press conference with a, a very unhealthy and overweight looking Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> and um, they announced the press conference as being at 11 o'clock and then it got moved to 1130 because of course you need to get from Center City all the way out to Mayfair, which is a heck of a drive on a normal day. I'm surprised they even cut it that close, you know, if, you know, really. But anyway, the press conference started and um, Four Seasons landscaping is in between a crematorium and an adult like bookstore. It was like a porn store. And they put all these Trump 2020 signs on a metal gate in front of a rickety podium in between a fire extinguisher and a yellow hose. And I just imagine, what if my name is like Jenny, right? And I'm just working at Four Seasons Landscaping. My uncle owns the business. I'm just there on Saturdays because I want extra money. And I'm minding my business. I get a phone call and saying, hey, Jenny, we need to host a press conference. (laughs) Can you accommodate? Sure, we can. Could you imagine... Could you imagine being on the other side of that phone? Like, you don't need a rototiller? Exactly, yeah. You need to rent some lawn equipment. Oh, my gosh. And what gets to me is that they actually did this press conference. Well, because they don't have a communications person. Because Hope Hicks, she got sick with COVID. No one knows what's happening to her. No, because she had an affair with Trump. So she probably wasn't welcome back. Yeah, she she had an affair. That's how he caught it. Yeah, but um, so she was the head of communications. No one's heard anything from her. We don't know what's happening with her. So should there have been a competent communications person, that absolutely would not have happened. But the streets are demanding a 10-part documentary or a movie about this in the next, like, six months. This has to happen. This is better than Fire Festival, as far as I'm concerned. You can't, you can't get any better than this. Like... I just, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then not to mention, of course, the news broke of Biden becoming president-elect right. when it started. People left. People started leaving. Left that and then just like, press conference to go cover the real news. Yeah, just like, get on the road, go 45 minutes down the highway, get into Wilmington, and then you're there. Like, why not? I have a car, I'll drive down there, whatever. Yeah, what but like, I mean... Ain't it though? Like, how did that happen? And then, of course, when Biden got the nomination, he was out golfing in Sterling, Virginia. Um, what was his score again? I don't know anything about golf, but I I heard it was one thirty-seven. No, that's what Steve Schmidt said. Because he's in he's in the inside. Steve Schmidt would know that. And besides, Steve Schmidt is a troll, and I live. But yeah, basically. Score that he should have. But yeah, so there have been like people dancing in the street and yep. and celebrating. Worldwide party. If you guys haven't been to DC, normally you can just kind of walk past the front of the White House. Like it's not like a thing. Um, Black Lives Matter Plaza um, is essentially guarded off by um, the DC Metro Police um, and Secret Service. And there are is it two gates? There's one that's in front of the White House 
And then there's one that is in between the White House and and another block, I think. And it is out of control. Like, you know, it's it's very un, it's very bizarre to see gates up in front of the White House. Like normally you can kind of just see the the front lawn. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Because there's gates up at EEOB. At what? Okay, so the White House is the White House, and then right across the way is the Eisenhower Executive Office Building, which is like in the administrative office okay, yeah. that is connected or related to the White House, and it's called EEOB. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a second building that's an administrative building that supports the White House. Right. Yeah, all of governing cannot just happen in the White House. The building's not big enough. So um, they even guarded that off. Ridiculous. It's just too much going on. So yeah, um, it's been it's been good to see people celebrating. I hope people realize that we are still in the middle of a pandemic, and that um, <laughs> yeah, really. we have over a hundred thousand cases a day. There's only but so many citizens in this country, so we just want to make sure that the remaining people that have not been infected can stay safe. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're happy and celebrating, wear a mask, be responsible, um, and, and try to do some measures afterwards with, um, checking your symptoms, checking your fever and not being a weirdo. (laughs) I, I, I still, it's going to feel... You know, in, in, in the annals of history, it's going to feel like a... Can I just say something? An anomaly. Yeah, go ahead. I like your striped socks. Oh, thank you. You have, like, a very nice sock collection. Oh, thank you. You These do. very comfortable. I like them. I don't really wear socks, but you do. And <laughs> I, I do like your socks. Thank you. But, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, before we take a break, because we're almost at 45 minutes here. Dang. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that this was an anomaly. Uh, I hope that it, history measures it correctly and then calls it an anomaly and calls it a stain on the office of the presidency and a mistake and that this should never happen again ever i'm so thankful that my son's earliest memories are not going to be of this and can we just talk uh, he about probably already is going to remember masks he's going to remember masks for sure uh, which actually made me think i just saw a commercial for 2021 olympics how do we even know we're going to have those yeah they already got pushed. Back. I know because I remember like seeing Simone Biles was like, "Dang, another year." We were, of this. we were thinking like, about going. Remember? Yeah, I was gonna party my like, butt yeah, off in go Tokyo. To, go Are you Tokyo. nuts? Let's do it, please. But yeah, that's, so that's, you know, because how there are other vacations that just going to the Olympics. But yeah, I don't even know. But a way to end, gonna be safe. I don't know. But a way to end this segment is um, our son was born in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and his first ever trip to where he lives now in D.C. That's right. Was to the White House. During the Obama administration, he was a little guy. He was still a little peanut. Yeah, that's right. And um, you and I, what? six months, if that. It was in October. It was in October, I believe. Yeah, he was born in July. So what's the math on that? Four, four months. Yeah, he was four months old. Wow. Yeah. And he was still a little guy, still a little peanut, and um, so it makes me happy that he was able to go to the White House. And at some point, I got to tell the story of how it was like because stri- Trump hadn't been elected. No, but it was because I remember I was like, oh, Hillary, he got the Hillary nomination. Was be, Hillary's going to be here because uh, I remember seeing all the photos of all the presidents and there or all the portraits. No, but wow. yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, um, being able to to do that was was really really, yeah, cool. really cool. And um, 
I'm glad that we have that memory of him being a little guy and you and I taking pictures in the White House with him. Yep. Um, I'm glad that he will not remember this. Yep. I'm sure that his history classes will tell him all of this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as someone that likes American history, I have no problem telling him everything he wants to know. And, like, with personal anecdotes. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, a lot of things have made sense now with like how things come around with Pennsylvania and Joe Biden, our story with Pennsylvania being here in DC. So I'm relieved. I'm happy. Um, we can take a sigh of relief, but we just got to get through the next month and a half. Yeah, for sure. Yep. All right. Let's take a break. Okay. Uh, we'll come back and I don't know if we have any segments, but I know we have some other stuff we're going to talk about before we close up shop. So thanks for being part of the show. We'll be back in a few seconds. Cool. Hello, we're back for the second half of a whole nother podcast, episode two of season two. That's right. So, um, in our last podcast, we talked about our move from um, the Philly Burbs to the DC Burbs, and one of the things that we talked about is, I keep hitting the mic, sorry, our, one of the things we've talked about is our journey from our humble beginnings, even before we met one another, to where we are now. Um, we still have a very, a very modest life. You know, we're not, you know, out here doing the most, but the Lord has met our needs and we're able to, you know, take care of ourselves and provide for our child. And, um, we started talking about, we were in the car, I think, and we started talking about like moments in our lives that we were like really, really like broke and struggling. And I thought of the most brokest moment I, I think I've ever like had. I've had a lot of broke moments, like you know. <laughs> I'm like, let me tell you something. I'm from the Eastern Shore of Maryland, and if anyone knows anything about that side of the state, so it's on the other side of the Chesapeake Bay from Baltimore, and it's very rural. It's very country. It's kind of like hard living, and you're kind of living off the land and fishing and crabbing and farming your own food and all kinds of stuff um i think i've like learned also just by the way that my mom was raised i've learned how to make do and make it work (laughs) (laughs) you're laughing because some of the stories i've told you better make do Mm -hmm. um but yeah i've learned how to like figure it out um and I think the hmm, I a lot of burnt moments, but I had to like choose one. So I chose one that was in my adult life because I didn't want to like put my parents out there like that. Okay. You know, you gotta, you know. <laughs> and although it, I do, you have to really, really just briefly <laughs> talk about how your father talks about how he was gonna set fire to his car. Eric, you can't talk money. about. That. I don't know what you're talking about. 
I don't know what you, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but basically, um, my dad doesn't like trade his cars in; he just like abandons them. So uh, you know, <laughs> he doesn't I don't even know what. What he does is he he gets someone to j- give him a ride. You know, my dad lives in Charlotte, so he gets someone to give him a ride to like the middle of nowhere, South Carolina, because South Carolina's right there from Charlotte. And he'll just like park it in a field. And it may get it may I'm, not. I'm still trying to figure out how the scam works though. He just leaves there. This and car's then paid for. Reports it as what? I don't know what he does. I just know that I'm not allowed to just say like he's like because I just talked to him a couple days ago. He's like, Julie, if anybody tells you anything, calls you about the car, you don't know nothing, okay? I'm like, yes, sir. I don't know anything. I don't know nothing. No, you've never had your parents to say, no, 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 <laughs> no. I've never had my parents tell me to. You've never had your- not say anything. Is somebody called? Uh, yeah, don't exactly. pick up the phone. Yeah, they've never given me. Is someone knock on the door? Don't answer. Me alibis or no? Yeah, no. no. That's that's absolutely happened. Where like, you know, my dad or maybe my mom occasionally. The man's calling. Don't pick up the phone. If the man called. Or told me to lie about my age when I was trying to buy a ticket. Yeah, like if you go to like a theme park, your parents were like, listen, no. today you are five. No. If the man asks, you five years old, you understand? Never. I'm like, I'm seven. No, you five. <laughs> okay? I'm five. And then I have to like think of like, well, what's the year that I would be born just in case like, I gotta prepare, you know, because you never know what a man gonna ask. <laughs> right. But yeah, so, um, my brokest moment that I would be willing to admit was when I put a single gallon of gas in my car. Oh, yeah. Oof. <laughs> so I had a car. Yeah, I had a car. It changed too, right? Oh, yeah. Not even. I wasn't even using dollar bills. No, because <laughs> that's just too much. You don't want to break it. You don't want to break it five, you know, because once it's gone, it's gone. Um, <laughs> I, I used to waitress when I was in college. I was a terrible waitress, by the way. I used to drop food all the time real clumsy and uh but anyway so i would always blame it on the kitchen. oh yeah i would lie on the kitchen <laughs> i would go to the table and be like um the chef got mad and threw it on the floor so i'm sorry we're gonna have to like make your new your food again when i just like forgot the food or dropped it you know and they'd be like oh my gosh this gets just terrible what are you going through i'm like it's a lot like i really go through a lot i'm just trying to get through college do what i need to do and I'm out here, but it's okay. We're going to get you a burger. It's going to be good, okay? But yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Enrique is going through a lot. He, have a, he got a divorce. He's he going through a lot. He's losing he, custody. It's a mess out here in this kitchen. <laughs> like, we just really trying to get through. <laughs> but anyway, stop. So, um, I needed gas in my car because I had a late shift and I got off because I'm real, like, real late. And I was like putt-putting all the way to Dagon restaurant. I had no business. And I was like, oh, snap. I need to get home. And I had, like, change in my car and change in my apron. And I went to the gas station. And I walked in. And I said, sir, may I have a gallon of gas on pump number five? And he said, I'm sorry? And I said, you heard me correctly, sir. I need a single gallon of gas. didn't just give it to you. No, he was like, okay. I was like, here's $1.38. That's one gallon. Amen. 
And he was like, okay. And I looked at him like, this is going to be between us, sir. Okay. And I went over there and put my gas and went home. Gotta do what you got to do. You can look. Because I had to work full time when I was in college. So I had to also like pay my rent and pay my phone and pay my car and my bills and, you know, do whatever I needed to do. So I didn't really have like a lot of money all the time. Right. So I bought a single gallon of gas for my car. That's harsh, man. I remember, I don't really have... No, because your family has, like... Yeah, I don't have many stories that I can compete with yours, but I, I worked <laughs> when I was in college, too. And when I... I mean, I could always go home. You couldn't, because you were states away. Yeah. You know, hours and hours away. I could always go home if I was ever, you know, really hurting. Uh, <laughs> but... You know, I would I would make money during my internships, and then I, I would try to make that money last throughout, you know, all the way until my next internship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had like student jobs too, um, but I do remember, you know, rationing out like one meal a day. Like, oh yeah, I've been there. Out how I'm gonna eat? But I would get as much I, as I can for three dollars and make it last the whole day. Oh, I would do stretch. like a, a a lunch, like I'd do a big lunch at like one o'clock in the afternoon. I'd starve myself the whole morning. Mm-hmm. And then eat like a bagel sandwich or something at like one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon and be full for the rest of the day. Yeah, my uh, I think my for, for a while my play was there was at Drexel there was lots of different lunch carts and there was one lunch cart that would give you a free soft pretzel mm. if you bought something. And so that was like, oh shoot, that's like a whole separate meal. It's a lot of <laughs> so, carbs. So I calories would get, right there. yeah, I would get a um, was it i think a bacon egg and cheese on like a long roll so that's like a big sandwich that sounds good yeah and then it, and i would get that pretzel and i think i'm getting like a chocolate milk right so like protein <laughs> like carbs and then more carbs <laughs> and then i would eat the sandwich at like 10 30 or 11 eat that pretzel later in the afternoon before it got hard <laughs> and then drink that chocolate milk because i will say you are very good you're very particular about your pretzels though they Absolutely. need they need to be soft they need to be salted yeah, it's true you're not for like regular like stale no, pretzels you don't tolerate pretzel, a stale pretzel no not at all and for that's... me i think pretzels are gross <laughs> like i could never yeah, just you ever been no, to because... wawa behind me i'm sorry that you had to watch me squeeze all the pretzels no you're like but no like i remember like you know, in office meetings, like someone would be like getting a box of pretzels and everybody would say like, oh my gosh, pretzels are here. I'm like, you guys, like, it's just like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, very much a Philly thing. like a, to that, me, pretzels are gross. I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't want a pretzel. Most offices have donuts or bagels from the Philly. Sometimes it's soft pretzels. I, you said bagel? I thought you said bagel. No, I don't see. <laughs> what? I say bagel. Bagel? Yeah, bagel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I want, you know, a, uh, an everything bagel with butter. It's B A G? Yes, bagel. That's you're saying it like it's B E G. It's a it's a bagel. <laughs> Stop trolling me. So that's the problem. <laughs> I'm so outnumbered in this house, like I can't even deal right now. You do love a good bagel, though. I do. Well, I mean, like, they're equal to five slices of bread, so I try to eat them sparingly. Yeah, there are a lot of carbs. Yes. You you love, uh, what's the place you love? Verducci's? I'm sorry, what? Santucci's? No, it's called Brugger's. Brugger's. First of all, it's a completely different language. (laughs) You're talking about Italian stuff. This is further Western European. Sorry. You're out here doing the most. What's the, there's a a deli place that you like. What's the deli place you call it? 
Schlotzkis? Schlotzkis, okay. But they don't Maybe have I was bagels. Combining those. Maybe I was combining Brugers and Schlotzkis. You are, and they're completely different chains. Yes, they very much are. But you all I know is that all the chains that you fall that you love are they southern. End up, they end up shutting down. Yeah, there was one Schlotzkis on um, in Bala Kenwood in Philly, and I was so excited about it. I went there one time, and I was like, "Oh man, I got my fix! Like I am here! Like they don't understand! Like it's a whole every thing." Week. I remember you've been like, like that, yeah. Man, I traipsed my behind all the way down Lincoln Drive into Bala Kenwood. That thing was closed. And there was like a little type sign, like we're closed. I was like, oh, maybe it's just for the day. I came back like a couple days. I remember when you came back home, you were so heartbroken. I know. I came back a couple days later. I was like, man, this is ridiculous. It was that much longer before or after the Quiznos had closed too, and you were really sad about Quiznos. Here's the we talked about Quiznos on this podcast. And Quiznos, first of all, there's one nearby. It's one that's 15 minutes away. From here? Yes, which I partaked of, and it was delicious, and I deserved every bite of that. But people sleep on that, and I love Quiznos. It's mm. so much better than any other like. I will place. say it, it's it by far exceeds Subway. I don't know how people can eat. Subway, Anytime I've ever eaten Subway, I've gotten sick. It's awful. I it's literally and it smells bad. I would I will debate anybody that Subway is the worst. Like food if you thing. if you walk into a Subway, it smells. What's even as close to as bad as Subway? Like you love Arby's. Some people think Arby's is bad. I think Arby's is good, and you love Arby's. I stand Arby's. Arby's. I yeah. stand Arby's. <laughs> I mean, Little Caesars is not good. I've never had Little Caesars before. You've never had it? Mm-mm. It's not good. Some people stand that, too, though. Uh, I mean, McDonald's is kind of like the lowest, I guess, kind of. Like, what are you going through to, like, exactly. <laughs> Like, what are you going through? Somebody said, as a child, at least it used to be. I don't know if it's like this anymore, but as a kid, McDonald's is a win, and as an adult, McDonald's is. You broke up with your yeah, boyfriend, and you have nowhere else to go. McDonald's is like <laughs> you made. You're just in a place of bad decisions. Like, yeah, why, it's like why it's, did I do that? Well, no, you used to go to McDonald's all the time when you used I to did, when, with it your was, when it was like the only the late option. And I'd be so mad at you. Yeah. Like, why are you eating McDonald's? You have anything else you, you know, can eat? Because like, yeah, it was either that or like go to like a diner. You want to sit in a diner for half an hour? Yeah, that's weird. Um, Anyway, I think that's going to do it for this. this <laughs> it's a weird way to end the podcast. I know, but it's, no, it's true. Actually, maybe we, maybe we get into more of that next episode. Maybe we talk about the worst chain or like the worst takeout we ever had or something like that. Um, but it was we fun. should also talk about how every order I've ever had here in D.C. <laughs> messes like up my order. 90% of the orders that you've had here are... Like, know, I don't know what I've done to wrong. deserve this, but I can't get a Chick-fil-A order. I can't get a, um, a Chipotle order. Like, everyone messes up my food. True. I can't just get it's food. It's a sign for what? It's a sign that you need to eat less takeout. You know that. That's a lie. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe that. Look, <laughs> you better praise God for deliverance. Oh, the whole other pod. We miss you guys. Um, you can find us on social. Uh, I'm at, at official review. Jamie is at. You updated yours. Yeah, I'm at underscore Jamie Mangrum. So uh, yeah, make sure you follow us there. And did we did we have an IG for our at some point we need to get bring it back well i don't know you like took control over that we had a twitter all right we have a twitter but we don't bring them all back but you guys can follow us on those those two places make sure you tell your friends tell your uh tell your family tell your enemies we'll talk to you guys soon (laughs) peace bye